you know, who are you telling yourself you are? What is this identity you've picked up? How are you interacting in your relationships? Who do you believe that you have to be for other people? And how are you letting that approval seeking behavior kind of take over your life? And I'm on the roll. Welcome to this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with mindset coach, naturopath and nutritionist Georgie Collinson. Georgie shares with us how we can work on our inner selves, our mindset and our life's purpose to start getting our anxiety working with us and not against us. If you enjoy today's episode, please remember to subscribe or click follow, leave a review, share it with your friends, and if you haven't already, please come and join us on Instagram at the wow podcast underscore. Hi Georgie, welcome to the Wow Podcast. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. It is my pleasure. Super happy to be here. <laughs> The first question I ask all our guests is, could you please share a little bit about yourself? Okay. Oh, where do I start? I, well, I help uh, really busy women, especially the entrepreneurial types or those self-employed to manage their stress, self-doubt and anxiety, because this is just such a a thing that holds us back in life and and really stops us just enjoying our lives now and, and loving ourselves as we are as these beautiful, imperfect humans. So that is something that I love doing, bringing balance into, into life from a perspective of the way that your mind works, your health, so your gut health, your hormones, your nutrition, as well as the flow on effect of that into your work life, your business and your, your relationships as well. And how long have you been working as a health coach and nutritionist? I have been doing this work for, well, originally I was trained as a naturopath and nutritionist and I worked for two years just doing that. And I realized that quite quickly there was only so much we can do when we give someone the plan and the nutritional supplements, the what they need to be doing um, to improve their health because it doesn't matter how well you're eating um, when your thoughts are rubbish and you are hating yourself all the time and going to the gym is a punishment and eating your you know perfect food is a punishment. Um, it's not really going to get the result we want. And the flip side of that too is the what people would often say is willpower, um, but sort of being able to implement these things and all the people that forget to take their supplements and can't sort of get those things straight. There's so much more going on in the mind that is holding people back. And so then I went and did further study as a mindset coach as well, so that I could learn how can I also work on people's belief systems and get people to a place where they actually love themselves enough to do that, to do what they know they need to do to actually implement. So then I, um, had that training and that has been amazing to then really help with people's self-doubt, anxiety, managing the mind, the stuff that people never, they didn't teach us this in school. No, absolutely. And I think this is why I've been so drawn to, especially your Instagram account, um, which is at Georgie Collinson, um, that is just such a fantastic educational space for realizing that 
what we were saying before the call started or before the recording started, that we all at the end of the day are only human, but we do just get caught up in the stress of the day-to-day life and everyone's day-to-day stress in their daily routine, in their work, in their job, in their family commitments, relationship commitments can look so different to the person sitting next to them. But at the end of the day, we are human and we are all going through the same thing. So it's just about finding ways that we can manage it and work alongside the stress. Because at the end of the day, if you have anxiety, I mean, it's better to work with it and find a way that you can be more productive having that alongside you than trying to banish it away because it's going to crawl out of the cave one day um, or rather and and yeah and affect you once more again so I'm really very passionate about what you have to say which is why I'm so excited to have you here so diving straight into the first question on your website you talk a lot about how being stressed busy and always doing doesn't always have to be the default state that we live in and isn't Mm -hmm. our only option you talk about how you can change your mindset to be more of a balanced one rather than that doing mindset that we referred about. So what are your key pillars that you look at to focus on this? Well, really, and this is the the, the foundation of my balance program that I currently work with clients in. It's looking at not just one aspect, but a mind, body and soul approach. So that's how I structure out the program. So we're not looking at just um, just the thoughts you're thinking, um, although that's very, very important. Uh, we look at, you know, who are you telling yourself you are? What is this identity you've picked up? How are you interacting in your relationships? Who do you believe that you have to be for other people? And how are you letting that approval-seeking behavior kind of take over your life? And we all do this. People say all the time, I, I just put a lot of pressure on myself. And it's like, the pressure comes from me. It's not like I had these control freak parents. Some of us do, but a lot of us kind of think we didn't have those parents that my parents were just supportive of me. And I had that too. But the thing is, subconsciously, we absorb this idea of what pressure should look like, what pressure should be. And so you might not have had really, um, really, yeah, intense parents in that regard, but you have learnt from the way they show up in the world, their idea of work ethic and what hard work is, that that's what you should be as well. And that's not necessarily what is of your highest good or even what is required of you to have all the success and the achievements and things that you want. So there's that mindset component. Then the body is obviously looking at your gut health, your hormones, your nutrition, because so much of where we tangle ourselves up as women in particular is denying the fact that we have a cycle, denying the fact that our hormones change week to week and we are not the same person every week. We don't have to be the same person every week. We don't have to have the same level of productivity, energy and all of that every single week. We get to actually flow with our cycle just the way that nature does with the seasons. And of course, when things are out of balance in in terms of our hormones, we can get a really negative relationship with our cycle too, where, you know, you get women saying, I just hate my period, or I just want to be on the pill, or just want to be on the um, IUD or whatever it is, just turn it off, just turn the whole thing off. Don't want to, don't want to even look at it. When in fact, when there are symptoms and things coming up with our hormones, it's always your body asking you to listen to it, asking you, it's screaming out, hey, This level of stress, this level of lack of sleep, the way that you're skipping meals or not eating correctly, like is actually taking its toll. And we need to look at this. That's the only reason we have symptoms around our cycle most of the time. Um, So this is where that can be such a key component too. And we can reduce the drama 
of your menstrual cycle. You don't have to have these huge highs and lows. Um, the PMS is something that is a sign of a hormone imbalance, imbalance too, feeling more anxious, irritable, moody around your period. So these things can be easily managed. Um, the gut component is all obviously a really fascinating one because our gut health influences the way our brain functions. It influences our mood um, due to various factors, which I can um, go into. And then our nutritional status. So what are we actually fueling our bodies with and, and how's that impacting our productivity, our energy, our just being able to show up as the best version of ourselves in our lives. And the last component is this is this soul component too, which is looking at what are, what is your relationship like with your intuition? Are you connected to that? As women, we have this powerful wisdom within us that we have access to that I denied for so long because I was like, I grew up in a family where we didn't have any belief system. We were, my dad was proudly atheist. And so I grew up believing that it was silly or dumb to believe in these things. Um, and, you know, just valuing the intellect, valuing the logical um, way through life. I have a family of lawyers, right? But I felt the lack of that in my life. And I really, when my anxiety was at its worst was when I didn't have a belief system. I didn't believe, I didn't trust the world. I didn't know how to trust life. And so developing my sense of intuition, um, a more spiritual perspective on my life and building that belief system in a way that makes logical, rational sense to me was a key pillar for me to get to a place now where I can trust. I don't have to work ridiculously. I can just trust that things do work out and trust that what I need is going to be there for me as opposed to having to constantly fight for it. Um, and so that has been a huge, a huge thing as well. And this is what I teach people how to do. And I feel it is so, so important that we learn how to connect to this, this intuition. And I honestly believe it's an incredibly intelligent, smart way to live your life, to have a belief system in something, to believe that we don't have to do it all. We can delegate things to the universe. It's not all on you. I really relate to everything that you just said so much. Like, it's so interesting. Like, I felt the same way in the sense that, you know, my parents have only ever been supportive. But when I think of probably the way that they work in their lives and the pressure that they put on themselves to perform, I've probably felt that I've got to be that overachiever to be able to replicate that. And mm -hmm. all those things, you know, my dad's an atheist. He's a farmer. I come from a family of farmers. So very logical. Yeah. And hard work. Yeah, hard work. And it's interesting when you talk about that spiritual connection and finding your soul's purpose because I think when you do come from a background, a non-religious background, I think it's really hard to realise that finding uh, a, a sense of spirituality doesn't mean or doesn't need to come from religion. There are so many other aspects that we can draw on, but I think on, you know, the journeys that we undertake, I think when, as soon as anyone thinks of anything spiritual, we connect it with religion, which I think in this 21st century that we're now in, it's, it's so much broader than that. I was just going to, I've just got a comment to make on that because, um, I, I used to be so triggered by the word God and I used to be so triggered by so much religion, but I now understand, and it took a long time for me to understand this, that it, a lot of it is all the same. Obviously we have extremism in religion and that, and that can be very negative and, 
and the indoctrination and the forcing of belief systems. I never think anyone should be forced to believe something um, just because this is the way it, it's done. But and I, it's beautiful when we have an opportunity to choose what we want to believe and what we feel called to. But a lot of it is the same thing at the end of the day, at the core of these things. Um, so as human beings, we do have an innate need to deify something to see the divine in something and when we don't have a belief system and we don't actually have a spiritual practice or a religion we do it with our relationships we do it with another person so my partner or that like you know that ex that broke your heart becomes the the god becomes the divine and and we let that kind of take over and we see it in hollywood movies we see it constantly um, kind of like that sense of savior is going to come and make me happy and save my life. So it's very interesting when you consider it from that perspective, that if you don't believe in anything, you're probably going to believe in, um, a divine, a, a love coming to save you and finding happiness in a relationship in that sense. Well, it's that sense of purpose, I think, and it comes through in what, in all the Hollywood movies. Like what is a female's purpose is it, if it isn't to pursue a loving, happy relationship and provide a, a, an abundance of family and, you know, support for the family that you bring into the world. I think that's just the narrative that we've been sold for so long and I can understand that how people can pursue that in a spiritual sense and really put their purpose into a relationship but I guess when you have a purpose in life and you really do that work around it you feel a lot more guided and a lot more relaxed when these anxious and stressful situations arise because you do have that overall overarching feeling that like you were saying before everything is going to be okay because I have trust in the process I have trust in what I believe in and I know what my purpose is Exactly. To have a real sense of purpose, I believe, is a spiritual concept anyway, because it's like it, you're almost acknowledging that there is something innately within you that you have been um, sent here with to to do. And so it's so funny how, yeah, when you start to look at these things, it's like everything's spiritual and everyone is spiritual. They just don't realize it. <laughs> So looking at this aspect of spirituality then and finding our soul's guidance and purpose in life to help manage anxiety and stress and the craziness of our day-to-day lives, what would you recommend as the first steps to undertake as someone like myself who is like, I don't believe in a God and I'm not religious, but I'm ready to embark on a spiritual journey to really find my life's purpose and help reduce that stress. Where do I start? Well, it really starts with just awareness, like spirituality. It, you don't even have to have a God or a, a, an idea of a thing that you're worshiping. It's not even worshiping. It's it's actually just bringing more awareness to the fact that you are not your thoughts. You are not your ego. You are not this version of you on your driver's license. That is not actually who you are. And you know this when you first start to meditate and you realize that as you're in meditation, we, we can't turn off your thoughts. You're always going to be thinking thoughts. But the moment you realize, oh, I just thought a thought. I just thought about what I'm going to cook for dinner tonight. Who's the part of you that's thinking the thought? And mm-hmm. that part of you is, is your consciousness. That part of you is what I refer to as your true self. This is beyond your mind. That is aware that you are aware, aware of your, um, of your thoughts and aware that I just had that thought. Even if you have a thought of, um, especially with anxiety, we get a lot of intrusive thoughts, sort of like irrational thoughts that might come in that are a bit strange. Like 
you might just you you might have your partner leave for the day and say goodbye and you have this thought what if they're killed in a car accident today right and that's the last time I get to say goodbye to them yeah Mm. and that's actually a very um human normal thing to to happen sometimes and it usually comes up when we're under a bit more stress anyway so it's not so much about the content of the thought it's it's looking at the fact that oh I just had that thought interesting that doesn't mean that this thought's going to happen doesn't mean that I want it to happen it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person it's just a thought that I have thought and it doesn't have to mean anything. And then our beliefs are just thoughts that we've thought many, many times. So we've thought many, many times, I'm not a confident person. I'm someone who doesn't follow things through, follow through with things. And this is where these things are just, these they're just thoughts. And when we realize that, we get to have this whole new perspective where we actually get to create who we are. You don't have to be who you're used to believing you are or who you used to thinking you are because when you can create that space between your thinking and this other part of you, this observer within you, um, you get to choose who you want to be in this world and you get to choose thoughts that serve you and choose beliefs that serve you. So it will serve you to tell yourself you're actually the person that does follow through and you do get things done um, and finding reasons for that, finding evidence for that. So that is where I would start is just the consciousness and that conscious awareness that you are not who you think you are (laughs) and you don't have to be that anymore. And that is like, that's what we call an awakening. It's realizing you're not your ego. You're not all the things that you once thought. Does meditation, journaling, those sorts of activities help with that? Or is there any other things that you would recommend in terms of having that feeling of awakening? Well, I honestly believe that it's every it's available for everyone to to do this and that it's honestly kind of part of our, our work to be able to do that with ourselves and realize, oh, I don't have to be like the the person that fails. I don't have to be um, the person that gets everything perfect all the time or tries to, or or the person who gets her heart broken in every relationship. Um, But so that is, that is a a realization that I think eventually many of us do make, not everyone does make it in their lifetime, but um, I think that it is, it's certainly when I think about what's like the meaning of life, I think that's one of them. But we can start with meditation, yes. So we can start with books. We can start like there's so many different ways that this information will come to you because it's almost like, you know, there's so many different ways human beings have learned to cook food and prepare food. And so there's so many different ways human beings have learned to awaken and learn to realize that they're not their thoughts. So there's a million different spiritual teachers out there. there. There are these books. But when people come to me, it's because they've done the books, they've read all the stuff and logically they understand it, but they still can't like make that jump and they still can't really embody it and feel what it feels like. And that's where it's useful to have someone guide you through and hold that space for you and get you there when your mind's trying to resist it. Because our ego doesn't want us to realize that it's just an ego because when we do that it's incredibly terrifying I remember finding this out the first time myself or like really having a sink in for me I was reading a book called uh the power of now it's very famous by Eckhart Tolle and reading just like the first few pages or the first couple of chapters I was like oh like freaking out because I couldn't handle it because it was really threatening my ego and telling me that I'm not all these things so someone listening to this episode might feel really triggered hearing me talk about this stuff and I just want to tell that person this is that's okay because 
it might just not be the right time for you right now and you can come back to this later. This will find you at some point in your life anyway, especially if you're sick enough of being who you are, sick enough of living with stress, anxiety, self-doubt, sadness, grief. Like you will eventually want to not be that anymore and that's where this is waiting for you. Um, And we get to realise that we get to take a break from being a human and we don't have to be that that human constantly and we get to realize we're so much more um so it is very triggering um but the i suppose it's about kind of letting letting that go and knowing that it's safe knowing that it's almost a feeling like you're jumping off the edge of a cliff but there is this feather bed to catch you on the other side it's complete liberation when you learn that you don't have to be all the stuff that happened in your past. You don't have to, um, yeah, live with all this pressure you place on yourself and you get to be free You don't have to be what a society expects from you. You can challenge that and be the own individual you want to be. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And this sounds like it has a lot to do with the mindset as well. I could imagine that changing your mindset is probably one of the first initial steps to realizing this kind of awakening and going on this spiritual journey. So in terms of looking at a mindset aspect of things, what are your three recommendations from getting out of the current mindset that you're in, out of that, you know, nine to five work grind, everything's draining mindset? First thing I would ask is whose approval are you seeking? And really getting honest with yourself because it's so easy to say, I don't know. I don't like no one, no one. And it's like, no, we are all seeking someone's approval and it might be, and everyone really wants to resist it, especially if like it's a, you're, you were a young child when say your father left and you've just always really buried that and just kind of gone, no, I don't have a problem with it. I don't even have a relationship with him, but subconsciously as a child, that's, there's going to be a part of you that it was was is seeking that love and that re- approval and that attention um it's just innately within us and and that's not to say you're screwed up and you'll you can't ever um kind of come back from that but just understanding yourself and just understanding and bringing awareness to it is literally half of the healing so um that's a huge one and usually it's one of our parents usually it's a parental figure or someone that was really important when we were growing up where we learn we need to work a little bit harder for that person's attention or that person's love. And, and again, this could be, you could have had two very loving parents, but it's just that maybe, maybe mom just didn't get you. Maybe mom just didn't always have the time for you. And sometimes she was really busy and you, you needed her, but she wasn't there. And so it was kind of like, Oh, I just need to, I need to make mom happy. I need to like get mom's attention and mom would be proud of me if I like did really well at school. It usually starts with something like that. Or it could be dad and it could be, and actually I used to think it was more commonly dad, but that's more just my experience. Um, Working with clients now, I'm like, oh, it's so 50-50. It can so often be the mum too. But often dad is the one that's, you know, away more, working more, um, especially, you know, generations back, um, probably less common these days. It's things tend to be a bit more even. But um, so there's that sense of just because dad just wasn't around as much as mum. And even though he was just as loving, it was just like, well, the, the child in you illogically perceives that as I need to I need to do a bit more to get dad's attention and dad's approval. So um, whose approval are you seeking is one. Um, who are you telling yourself you are that might not be true? 
is another question to think about. Just really questioning the truth of um, who you think you are. And again, getting super honest there, getting super honest with like, why, why is it that you have to be that person and who told you you were that person? You know, especially as, as something we all have with as women is like, we have these thoughts about our bodies. We have these thoughts about insecurities we have with our appearance. And somewhere along the way, we picked up these ideas that, oh, you're, I'm too fat or I don't have um, nice hair or I don't like, and all these things. And we, we decide that that's, that's kind of who we are. And, you know, really getting to, to into that and breaking that down, it, it can take a bit more work than just like one, you know, asking yourself once, but um, seeing what comes up, writing that question on the top of a page and seeing what happens. Um, and the third thing I would say is what it's almost like what we always ask, what if it all goes wrong or what's the worst case scenario, but what if it all goes right? And what's actually the best case scenario? What is possible for you that you are just denying to yourself? Where are your limits? Where are you actually saying? And we do this, especially with say our income potential. Um, We tend to go, oh, like probably I'm comfortable earning, I don't know, 90K, but to earn 150K, 200K, a million dollars, whoa, 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 like way too uncomfortable with that idea. I could never do that. That's not me. That's not possible for me. Why is that not possible? Okay, let's look at all the, well, my job, my limitations in that, da, da, da. And we give ourselves all these reasons why that's not possible for us. And it's like, <laughs> there's there's always um, there's always a way if we have the openness in our mind to see different solutions. But if we choose to see life from one perspective and to see life with our um, blinkers on and our eyes kind of like you know kind of looking down at the ground, we won't see the other possibilities. We won't see the other other solutions. So you don't know what you don't know. And I think it's really intelligent to always kind of approach your life like. I don't know everything and what is it that I'm not seeing? And there's stuff right now that I'm not seeing about myself and my life and limitations I still have that I'm I'm just aware they're always there. They're always going to be there. So it's really exciting to me to constantly find another one. Where am I limiting myself again? Oh, let's like question this and we break through it. And then we get to just open our lives up and create versions of our life this balanced life that we all say is impossible you can't do everything you can't have everything well what if you could like what if this is actually possible for you and it's just that we take on these ideas from society about what's possible and I love challenging that and I love kind of going what is possible what what kind of impossible things might actually be possible So having that kind of approach and that mindset can help you to just shift into a place where you start questioning, you start opening yourself up to new solutions. And next thing, um, someone like me will come across your, your, um, you know, up on your Instagram feed or something. And you'll be like, you'll attract that into your life. You'll start to see those, those possibilities, or you'll pick up an amazing book or, um, you'll start having a conversation with a stranger and you're like, why are we talking about you know, something I don't usually talk about. Most random thing ever, but you're finding it really fulfilling. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And it's speaking to something in your soul. It's interesting you talking about the mindset and how we seem to, 
I feel like as women, and I don't know if this is just me personally or if other people listening can relate to this, but it's almost as if we put excuses on it. You know, we put excuses to not look at achieving a higher salary because change and challenging ourselves, it's scary. And you just, and it, it's doing that deep thinking work. It's kind of like what you were talking about. When you're not ready to do it, it can almost feel really overwhelming. And so we just make those excuses and go, oh, well, you know, you're a female, you've got to bring up a family, you're going to have to take leave from work when you want to have a child, it's going to be too hard for me to climb the career ladder, it's going to be too difficult for me to go and say I deserve to get paid this amount of money because my male counterpart doesn't have to go bring up a child when I do. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like we just make these excuses to make ourselves feel okay because we might not be ready to challenge those inner thoughts within ourselves. Exactly. And it's so scary, right? Because it's like have, we, we risk being told no. We risk being told, well, don't work here anymore. Mm. There's so much that can can kind of hold us back and keep us afraid. But then we don't go that next step further and go, okay, so what if you did lose your job? What would you do? Would you be lost? Would you die? Like, would it be the would end of the world? Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, and nine times out of 10, Possibly not. Possibly you then get picked up by someone that does value you and you end up in a better position um, potentially, right? So obviously I'm not saying to everyone just go like demand to be paid a million dollars a year and <laughs> if not, like leaving the job. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just fascinating to really get honest with yourself. Stop, stop taking the easy way out saying I don't know or I don't want to think about that. And I'm so excited thinking about all the people listening to this conversation and how triggered they're going to be. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's oh, funny because when you're when you're a naturally anxious person thinking about this stuff, thinking about, well, what if I did just go and ask for that crazy figure that I know I'm probably worth because I put in the hard yards and I know I work my ass off. But the anxiety around, well, shit, if I actually do that, it's that classic what if, what if, what if, instead yeah. of turning that into a mindset of, well, well, what's the worst case? What's the worst thing that could happen if I ask for what I'm worth? You know, your anxiety tells you, well, just play it safe, stay in your lane, don't go too far. But what if you broke down that barrier and said, well, hang on, what's the worst thing that could happen? Is it losing a job? Is it losing this job? And is losing this job actually a horrible thing to happen? If they're not willing to invest in me and see my worth, then is that actually a bad outcome? Probably not. <laughs> exactly. And you know, what's interesting is I actually see anxiety from this perspective of when you feel anxious about something or for, so for some people, we, we have a low level anxiety most days or we just kind of have like patches where it's more intense. Um, is the anxiety there to tell us to stay safe or are we trying to say stay safe and control everything so that we don't have to feel our anxiety because we're trying to like push it down? If we actually invite in the anxiety, we invite in the message it's trying to tell us because I honestly don't see anxiety as a real like health disorder unless there's like you're right on the extreme there. Um, having panic attacks every day kind of thing and not able to leave your house, that's possibly a different different category. Although the same concept can still be applied, there is a message in your anxiety. There's something it's trying to communicate to you. And what if that message it's trying to communicate is actually, we know we're, so, we're worth so much more than this. We know we give so much and we're not valued for it. 
Like I'm saying like, that's your anxiety talking to you. So it's a we, but, um, or, you know, usually there's, and it's, it's never one thing. It's always a combination of things. It'll always be, you know, it might be that you've been, haven't been looking after your physical body. You haven't been sleeping well. You haven't been, um, honoring yourself. Maybe the relationship you're in really is like, your soul is like, uh, 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 this is not the right thing. Not working. But your mind is saying, no, but like, I'll forgive him again and it's okay. And like, maybe this is just, this is just it for me. And this is all I deserve. And this is all that's possible for me. So um, there is a message in our anxiety too. And I like to think that it's, it's trying to tell us our potential and what's possible for us. And the part of us knows, a part of us does know that we are worthy of good things and we do deserve good things. And life is meant to be good for us. It's not meant to be this big struggle. Mm, absolutely this probably segues in perfectly to the question I really want to ask and you seem to do it really well so I want to know how can we start getting our anxiety working for us instead of against us well the first thing is that we really need to be not afraid of our anxiety and that's so much easier said than done but it takes that understanding that the anxiety can't hurt you You can have a panic attack and it can feel like you're dying in that moment, but you're not going to die. It cannot hurt you. You are safe and getting to a place where, and and this is where sometimes it can be really helpful to have someone to hold that space for you, guide you through, um, where you are able to actually welcome in the anxiety into your body. Most of the time, in fact, everyone that feels some anxiety or any unpleasant emotion, we just want to bury it. We don't want to feel it. We just want to push that away. We're too busy. We've got to get on with life. Um, and also maybe you had a message growing up that you just, ha- we just get on with things in our family or, um, you know, it's people around you that get really uncomfortable when anyone shows emotion. So, you know, when like you see a friend cry and immediately like you have to go, oh, no, don't cry. Or you have to go like hug her or something. You just don't know what to do. You freeze and you're like, oh, how do I handle this? (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. Like that's very common. But I I literally, if my friends start crying in front of me, I just like, I don't hug them. I'm just like here with them. I just like stare them in the eye and I'm like, I've got you. But I don't, I don't want to make them feel like they can't sit there in that emotion that they're in. And so this is, it's the same with anxiety. If we actually let that fear be there, if we let it pass through our body and we kind of sit with it, we realize firstly that it, it actually has a location in your body. So you don't feel anxious in your finger. You don't feel anxious in your knee. You actually feel anxious usually somewhere in your body. And it's often around the stomach area or the tightness in the chest or possibly around the throat. They're the sort of most common areas. And the minute you actually just zone in on that, And become aware of that because it anchors your mind somewhere to actually observe. You switch out of that mind and you come back into the observer, that true self part of you that isn't attached to this being wrong or or, um, a bad thing. It's not judging. It's It's just like without judgment, purely interested, purely curious, watching this sensation in your body, watching this tingling, watching this churning, this this sense of unease Um, and when we allow that to be okay it dissipates when we actually say this feeling is welcome here I don't mind I I can be anxious for the next 10 minutes I'm just going to sit here and feel it Um, and that's okay it's not bad I don't have to push this away it's got nowhere to go and then you get to then you get control 
Um, we think we're going to get control by pushing it down, but it only makes it bigger. I often use this example, this metaphor of um, if you had a pet dog and you put the dog outside and it's barking at the door and trying to get in, if we ignore the dog, does it just eventually like lie down and go to sleep? Like maybe sometimes, maybe after a long time, but usually what's going to happen is the dog will keep barking louder and start scratching at the door. It just wants to get your attention, especially if we ignore it. So, or if we yell at it to shut up, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is what we do with our anxiety. Now, the minute you let the dog in, you say, come in, that's fine. You can come inside. Dog is happy. Dog settles down and lies down and goes to sleep. And it's the same thing with our anxiety. If we actually just invite it in, no, it can't hurt us. No, we're going to be okay. Um, it's, it, it's a skill to build that practice, but it is so powerful because it doesn't have control over you anymore and you get to control it. And then we get to look at, yeah, ooh, interesting. Why is this anxiety here? What's it trying to tell me? Oh, yeah, I slept terribly last night. I'm probably just anxious because when I sleep terribly, that's what's going to happen to my brain. Um, and now I'm, you know, finding things to feel anxious about. I'm finding problems in my life and that's, that's a normal thing that's going to happen. And so probably we need to get a good sleep tonight. Absolutely. I have a listener question for you, Georgie, which is from Sarah. And Sarah wants to know how much of an impact does changing our mindset have on our anxiety? So putting into play everything that you've said, what are the kind of benefits that we could hope to see? Mm, So good. So I would firstly say there is this beautiful interplay where we can do things physically for our bodies to help to manage our anxiety, to help to get our mind in a place where we can even access those higher ideas and access that what's possible kind of thinking. So it is important to be sleeping. It is important to be nourishing your body um, and moving your body too. All of those things are really, really important. But um, in terms of mindset, this is crucial because there's so much catastrophic thinking that goes on with anxiety, so much what if it all goes wrong never thinking the what if it all goes right. And why is the going wrong more likely than the going right? Um, And really starting to question those kind of things. So much of our anxiety too is around scarcity beliefs, that sense that there's never enough. And we hear this rife through our society. So our society is based on scarcity beliefs. Um, Never enough time, never enough. Like I'm too busy for that. I don't have time for that. How many, like, don't all your friends say that to you? Like, yeah. (laughs) And what's interesting is my idea of success is actually, and it's it's a good one to ask yourself what that is too. My idea of success is having time freedom, is saying actually have time and not wearing this busy thing as a badge of honor. Um, But also, but that's where you have, you have, you can still have boundaries around your time too, so that it's like you're honoring that time where you're not busy um, and that's sacred, which, so that makes me not have endless hours to, to be constantly working because I don't, that's not success to me. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that as well. Um, So being able to separate away from that story you tell about your circumstance in your life, then yeah, you really get to this place of open possibilities. You turn that sense of constantly finding problems into actually finding possibilities, which is making the anxiety and the fear into hope, a sense of excitement about what's so positive anticipation for your future as opposed to what's going to go wrong 
And I'm wondering, Georgie, could you please recommend three reasons why it's important to break the cycle of always doing? Ooh. Well, one is that it's it's not sustainable. So if you don't eventually come to that realization and just change things, um, you're the the well, I I genuinely believe the universe will come in and step in and, and stop you in some way. Next thing, like, I don't know we get sick or like we get, we, our husband divorces us or like something happens and we're like, whoa, I need to change things because I'm not living a life that's in alignment with, with what's actually important to me, what's actually my values. Um, so it's not sustainable. What would be to others? Um, well, you'll end up kind of living this life that is not really fulfilling to you. And you'll get to that point where you're like, oh, like I have all this stuff. I've done all these things. I have the fancy car. I have the house. Maybe you have the salary and the flash, like the great job, um, potentially, right? Or, or we are missing one of those things and we think that it's never enough. Um, and we just feel an emptiness inside. We just feel unfulfilled because we haven't done that, that inner work and we have just kind of been searching fruitlessly for our fulfillment and our joy in life outside of ourselves when I I know this is a annoying lesson of life but it's so true and our society just doesn't get it happiness really is within and you have to find that you have to find how to access that and people say it and you hear the words and you've probably read books on it but to embody it and to feel it is a whole other thing um and that that might take, you know, working with someone on it to really unlock that for yourself, especially if these beliefs are really deeply embedded. Um, so I guess, yeah, the third one will be if you, you're kind of missing the point of life if you're constantly doing um, and you, you will be there on your deathbed thinking, wait, what was this all for? I was constantly just trying to achieve the next thing, achieve the next thing. A goalpost kept moving and I never got to that place of actually just living life and feeling content. I'm wondering, do you have a motto or quote surrounding anxiety, lifestyle, mindset, whatever that may be that you really live by? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm just like, what's what's my favorite one? Um, my favorite one is possibly anything is possible and anyone can change. Mm. That applies to so many things and it helps to just when you're in that limited thinking mind space to just broaden your perspective and go, actually, anything is possible. Well, Georgie, I could just sit here and talk to you for hours and I feel like we've hardly been able to touch on any of the um, gut and nutrition stuff, but that's okay. Maybe we'll have to leave that for a part two. But before we go, I would really love to know if you could share a little bit more about your business and the podcast that you run, the Anxiety Reset Podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I run most of um, my work through Instagram. It's at Georgie the Naturopath. And I from there, um, that's where I engage with people. But I work with clients um, online. Everything's online, which is really cool. Was going to be really cool before um, COVID this year because I was going to go like live in Bali this year. But anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually turned out to be a good thing. But um, so I work with clients online and we go through a three-month program called Balance. That's my, they're my like VIP one-on-one sessions. I also have a group program 
um, called Reset Your Anxious Mind in 90 Days. And this is specifically for that um, high functioning anxiety and getting to what's really important to you and all of that. And then I have the Anxiety Reset podcast, yes, which is just a side hobby for me that I love sharing. Um, I love to talk, as you might have seen. And so it's a great way to um, connect and share this information. And that's a way that I get to help everyone um, and give this beautiful, valuable resource for free to so many people. And, and there have been people, people message me saying it's changed their lives. And I'm like, really? So it's like, if you go and listen and you apply those things in the podcast, um, you can get amazing changes as well. So there is that. And yeah, that's, that's me. That's everything. <laughs> I'm going to pop all the links to Georgie's um, Instagram website, where you can find her and her um, podcast in the show notes below. So please go and have a look. But otherwise, I just want to extend a huge thank you to you, Georgie. Uh, this has been so insightful and I feel like I have so much work that I want to just go and do it myself. I feel really inspired after this conversation. So thank you. Um, it's just been wonderful chatting. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Georgie. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a health professional first. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely week.